kids edition. We play the game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On SEM, the Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition, wherever you are around Australia. Melbourne, Adelaide, the NT over in WA. It's great to have your company here on the Kids Edition. My name's Max Becker, and it's been a huge weekend in sport. Our Matildas win 1-0 against France as our favoured Mary Fowler scores a fantastic goal coming on as a half-time substitute for the legendary Sam Kerr. In footy, Melbourne kicked four goals in the last seven minutes of the last term to beat Brisbane at the G and Tom Papley gave everyone his classic celebrations as he kicked four. Ali's left me high and dry this week. She's on camp with the dogs. So joining me is Eddie Cause. Eddie, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm great. It's been such a great week of sport. There's so much to talk about. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Eddie, now if you love watching the Matildas, you've been to the footy yesterday, or if you've got footy coming up this morning, you're ready to make some big tackles, kick 10 goals, have a bounce and run through the midfield off halfback, you can give us a call on 1300 736 736. We've got some fantastic prizes to give away today, so give us a call 1300 736 736. Let's get into these games, Eddie, in the round review. Thursday night, I mean, was absolutely electric with the Swans uh, in the hunt. Adam Trelaw had 33 disposals, Tom Lee Victoria had 31. Papley kicked four and Norton had three. And it was a massive Thursday night game as the Swans got the win by two points. The Swans are so fun to watch. They're just, uh, I love what they're doing over there. Longmire, I think, is probably the best coach in the AFL, in my opinion. Uh, and it's just frustration for the Dogs. I think there's going to be a few changes there. They had pretty high expectations for this year. They probably haven't lived up to them just yet. Bonson Pelly, I thought he was the best player on the ground. He had 33 touches. They haven't really maximised his prime yet, so... There's a lot to think about over in at the Western Bulldogs, and uh, it was a great game to watch. So you mentioned John, you mentioned John Longmire being who you think's the best coach in the competition. What do you think about Bevo? Do you think he could potentially be pushed out at the end of the year? Well, they signed him earlier this year, and I thought it was pretty premature. Uh, but yeah, I, I think first of all, I think in AFL, the front office or like the list managers, they get off pretty scot-free yeah so I feel like that would be the first place I would be looking I don't think that list is just up to scratch yet they've got so much talent there they've got Trelaw, Bontempelli, Liberatore they just haven't really maximized it yet and that happens around the outside of that team with the uh the play the younger players they haven't drafted that well so I would be looking at the front office first before I looked at the coach yeah uh, but I also think there will be questions around him heading into the offseason Absolutely, Eddie. Another D's great to watch too. Coming back from four goals down in the last seven minutes to beat the Lions. Petrarca, though, blew the roof off the house with 26 disposals and four goals. A big goal coming out of out of a forward 50 stoppage uh, and a check side finish. Gorn had 29 touches and a goal as he, I, in my opinion, was best on ground. And Danaher, although he is in form and kicked uh, a couple of goals, it wasn't enough in the end for the D's who remain in that top four in the ladder. You mentioned earlier the D's kicked four goals in the last six minutes. The, the Brisbane Lions dropped Gunson back about six minutes, so they had an extra man in defence. And the Lions, all game, they'd been so good, kicking it uh, quickly and long. And when Gunston dropped back, they just completely lost that ability. So They, they went started defensive short. really early, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was way too early. I'm sure Fagan would love to have that back because it was I, I didn't agree with it. And then also uh, you had uh, Harris Andrews, who was way too slow for Melcham. And you're sure... Yep. <laughs> on the last kick, he kicked the winning goal. And on that, in the first quarter, Melcham didn't really convert. Uh, he kicked a few out in the full. Yep. And it was it was pretty clear that Andrews was way too slow. But I guess Fagan didn't change it because he wasn't hitting the scoreboard. And it really cost him in the end as he kicked the, the game winner. 
Yeah, it did, didn't it? And the Pies on Saturday Arvo at a 145 game had a big win over Frio. I mean, it was a tightly and highly contested first quarter. They broke away in a 10-goal second quarter. Taylor Adams with 23 disposals and two goals, but it was the man, Nick Dacos, who stole the show as he does every week, Eddie. He kicked a goal and had 36 disposals. I want to ask you, though, Eddie, if you're Frio, where do you go from here? It's tough because they've just signed Fife to what may end up being the worst contract in the AFL. So yep. they extended him. <laughs> he Fife is a legend, and I understand that they wanted to keep him for his entire career. I don't understand that move at all. Then the coaching, it's been rough. Frio was so promising last year. They, I, I thought they were definitely going to improve, and they've just gone backwards. So again, another scenario where I think the list management needs to have a look and see what's actually happening there because there have been some really questionable decisions. But then also on the other side, Collingwood, at their best, they are going to be so hard to beat. That 10-goal quarter is maybe the best quarter anyone's played this year. Mm. And then they've got Dacos, who I wrote last year for SEN that he's the most valuable player in the AFL, and now I think he's actually the best player in the AFL. What he's done this year has been unbelievable. Yeah, it has. And uh, I think it was Adam Trelaw and Josh Dunkley spoke on their Adam Dunks podcast, and Adam Trelaw was saying, to verse... There's no one I worry about more going up against than Nick Dacos. He goes, you can tag him, but maybe after a quarter of tagging him, he's still going to explode um, and get as many disposals as he does, whether you tag him or not. He said "He said if he doesn't win the Brownlow, I don't know who is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, the great players, tagging has obviously died out in the AFL lately, and I feel like Dacos is an example of a player where you need to have a tagger on your roster just, just to at least slow him down. You're not going to completely stop him. He's that good. And again, yeah, I think he should be the favourite for the Brownlow. I don't even think it's really close. I think Butters and Toby Green are probably um, somewhat close, but I think Dacos will win, and I think he'll win comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there, Eddie. A blazing Gold Coast Suns, though, side came straight out of the blocks yesterday afternoon, playing with freedom. We've seen it so much, and we were talking pre-show, Eddie, about how the interim coaches at the moment have just this massive streak going on and how the players play with so much freedom. Bailey Humphrey, he kicked a great snap around the body and Sam Flanders had 33 disposals. And playing like this, I mean, under Stephen King, the Suns were just unstoppable. It's so interesting how this works. Um, I actually want someone to go through and over the last 10 years, every coach that's been fired, I want to see the record of the teams that that have the coaches fired because I feel like it would be a winning record, which you wouldn't expect because when your coach is fired, you're not doing well. And Gold Coast, yeah, you said, like, they came out, they played with freedom. And then St. Kilda, there's a lot of questions there now. They had Max King injured, which it's unlucky because he's really their only key forward yeah. like, <laughs> that can do a lot of damage. And they just looked like they couldn't score against a GWS team that has given up a lot of points this year. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a Gold Coast fan, or we're about to get into next is Carlton. If you're a Gold Coast Carlton fan or a footy fan in general, you can give us a call on one 736 736 I want to know who's your tip for the grand final out there. Now, it was the Carlton Fury that came out thriving as they won by 50 over the power, ending the power's winning streak. Dan Houston, although he had 41 disposals, Rosier 28, but it was Jack Silvani and Motlop with four goals for the Blues. And they were fantastic, weren't they, Eddie? I know you're a power supporter uh, yourself. How did you view that performance? It was pretty disappointing. It was it was bound to happen. Like, they had won 13 in a row. And I yep. don't think... I might I might never see Port win 13 in a row again in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's been appreciated enough. They had seven outs. There are a lot of excuses, but it, it wasn't their best performance. The Fords never really got in the game. 
I thought the person who looked the most damaging in the forward line was Rosie. And maybe Henkley would chuck him forward if he could do the game over again a bit earlier. Yeah. They rested their best players in the fourth quarter. Like, Butters sat on the bench the entire fourth. So the, the game looks worse than it was. But Carlton now, they're, they're on a win streak. And it's, it's weird. Like, they looked completely dead in the water four yep. weeks ago. And now they're hunting for finals. They're 10th on the ladder. They've got GWS, Essendon, and the Bulldogs in front of them. They all, I mean, GWS uh, not included, they all look like they might be struggling a little bit. So Carlton could easily get into the finals here. Mm. And I feel like the AFL is better with Carlton in the finals with their fans and how much passion they have. And it hasn't been a great few years in Carlton, but hopefully they make the finals and they can give the fans something to cheer about. Yep. Eddie, potentially a reality check for Essendon against Geelong as the catch surged home to win by 77 points at GMHBA Stadium. We know how much um, that home ground advantage means to Geelong and Tomahawk uh, had five and Tyson Stengel just shone through with three goals too. Geelong, when they're 100% healthy, I feel like I would rather play Melbourne and Brisbane in the finals to Geelong. Yeah, They're so scary. Cameron and Hawkins up forward. It's probably the best forward line in the AFL when they're, they're healthy. And then Essendon, I saw them, I've seen them play in person twice this year. Yeah. I saw the Houston go after the siren. They, they're, when they're at home, I really like what they're doing. Yeah. And I feel like it's extremely difficult to play in Geelong, as we know. But I, uh, I would, I would start questioning if Essendon can actually do any damage in the, in the finals this year, as they probably won't be playing Mm -hmm. at home in their first game. And then they've got people behind them now, like I just said, Carlton, GWS and, and the Bulldogs still. So... They've got a lot of work to do in these last few weeks just to stay stay in the hunt. And they've still got a lot to improve on as the finals get closer and closer. Yeah, they certainly do. But it will set up for a massive clash in round 22 on a Friday night uh, at the MCG between Collingwood uh, and Geelong. If Geelong continue uh, their hot form and how they're playing at the moment. Yeah, I, I really like what Geelong are doing. And I think they are definitely... They would be desperate to get a top four spot. They've now... T- they're still a few games behind Melbourne. They will, these last few weeks will be extremely important for them. I think they're going to just try and they won't rest anyone like they have been doing a little bit throughout the year. They've got Fremantle coming up. They've also got the Lions next week, which will be probably the best game of the week. I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got a lot of work to do still. They, they really need a top four spot, I think, just with injuries and how everyone talks about it, but they're getting old. Yep. So injuries could be a big part of their season as well. So they really need a top four spot to get that second chance in case there are any injuries uh, later in the year for them. In a tightly contested third and fourth term, the Giants, Eddie, managed a comeback win, kicking four of the last five last-term goals. Toby Green stepping up in the dying moments, and this is how our team at AFL Nation called it. The bounce will be important. Beautifully oh, taken wow. by Toby Green. Snaps around his body. Oh, oh no! Has it bounced through? Was there a shepherd? No, it's a goal. And that is how our team at AFL Nation, Crows Nation, called it last night. Toby Green's last quarter goals. Incredible, Eddie, uh, to see GWS. And I think what Adam Kingsley's building there is um, he's going to leave a legacy on that club. How good is Toby Green? I think he's a top three player in the AFL. I would be scared to play GWS in the finals just because of him. Like, if he has a great game, he could literally he takes carry... over, doesn't he? G- he could. Like, he, he just takes over. And when he becomes the best player on the ground, GWS is so hard to beat. And then the Crows, they played really high pressure, high, like, fast, constantly moving football. 
And just over and over again this year, it's just been shown not to be that sustainable. So yeah. this loss, they uh, they really fell apart in the fourth quarter. They got run over the top of. And now it's going to be a lot harder for them to make finals uh, as they're a game behind Carlton and two games behind GWS now. So exciting to see where they go for the rest of the season too. If you think Toby Green is a top three player in the AFL and agree with that, you can give us a call on one 736 736 Or if you're on your way to footy and you're loving the beautiful morning, um, wherever you are uh, around the country, you can give us a call one 736 736 And you can find out what prizes we're winning next. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. As you just heard there during the ad break, it's Kids Go Free to the footy uh, for the next week or so. Uh, I believe, until the 23rd of July. So it's going to be a fantastic week coming up in footy. So you can nag your parents. It doesn't just have to be your parents. Ask your friends. Ask your grandma. Ask your pa. Ask your pop. Ask your nan. Can we go to the footy, please? Let's get some tickets. Us kids get to go for free because you don't want to miss out on any of the action coming up. But throwing out to this is Local Legends. Eight points. Eight behinds. So you kick one goal, two, just in behind. I got a goal. And anyway, but you will see us with the good. Hey! With King Heads and Chip. Local legends. Local legends. We're here at South Barwon with Alfie. Alfie, unfortunate loss today, but you guys really gave it everything. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the game? Good game. Good game. What do you think about your own performance? How do you think you went? Pretty good. Pretty good. Were you counting the number of touches you had on the footy? Maybe five. Maybe five. Oh, we love to hear someone that um, gets a couple of touches and counts their touches too. Did you have anything in particular before footy to eat to pump you up? No. No, you didn't have any brekkie? No. (laughs) You had no brekkie? Just a couple of lollies after the game? Yeah. To pump you up, you going to have anything to eat after this? Probably. Beautiful. Who do you go for in the footy? Collingwood. Collingwood. I love Collingwood too. Are you going to the game today? No, who's your favourite player? My check. My check. Why is check is your favourite player? He kicks lots of goals. He kicks lots of goals. Is there anyone else? Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill. Oh, I love Bobby Hill. He's got quick feet, doesn't he? You guys were great today. What's your name? My name's Hugh. Very nice to meet you. What, how do you reckon you go, went today? How went on? It was pretty tough out there. Uh, pretty good. What do you reckon of Port? They were a bit rough, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone else reckon Port were a bit rough? Yeah? What's your name? Do you reckon Port were up though? No? You reckon they were fair? Who kicked the goal today? You kicked the goal? What's Levi. Levi? Can you take me through your goal? Well, I got the ball and then there was no one on me, so I just kicked the goal. <laughs> Who do you go from the footy? Bulldogs. Bulldogs, ooh. Very controversial. Why do you like the dogs? Um, Because they have Marcus Bondi's belly. Beautiful. What's your favourite thing about playing footy? Everything. What's your favourite thing about playing footy? Um, getting the ball and um, the kicks and skills. Was there any message from the coaches today that you really loved? No, not really. No. Anyone want to sing one of their te- AFL team songs? Yeah. 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 Four again. Hawthorne. All right, you can sing the Hawk song. Riding the bumps is the way we go at Hawthorne. <laughs> Anyone else want to give that team song a crack? What's your name? Duncan. Duncan. Mate, who do you go for? Geelong. Geelong. Oh, do you want to sing a song for us? Really? Know it? Who 
Who do you go for though? Catch, catch. Can I sing my own song? We, we are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong, we're always on the board. We play the game as it should be played. And we go for a life. And then it's my height. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. That's local legends. It's great to get around some junior clubs in South Barwon yesterday. It was great to meet uh, a couple of the kids there and chat to them post-game. Eddie, the FIFA Women's World Cup's about to start soon, and it's fantastic. The vibe around town and around Melbourne. Our FIFA Women's World Cup partner update is Fanbrush. Show your true Aussie colours, green and gold. Broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Eddie, and it was great to see the Matildas uh, in action at Marvel Stadium on Friday night. Yeah, well, they played France, who were the world number five. So it was a great effort to, to get the win. They've been uh, really impressive in their build-up. They've won six of their last seven, and I think it's by a combined score of 16-3. to three. So wow. they're on a real win streak at the moment. Uh, they're playing really good, and it's all led by the one, the only, Sam Kerr, who <laughs> is probably the best athlete in the whole of Australia at the moment, I yep. think. She's uh, dominating soccer at the moment. She had a couple of opportunities that she just missed out on, a couple of crosses, but it was a perfect send-off overall for the Matildas uh, for the World Cup. As Mary Fowler kicked a goal after she came on for the, le- the legendary Sam Kerr. She had big boots to fill, and she's only 20 years old, but she rose to the occasion uh, in extraordinary fashion. It was a record attendance um, with 50,629 people. Marvel Stadium was just electric on Friday night. It's a great effort to get everyone out there. I mean, even in the AFL, Marvel never, ever gets filled up. So it was amazing to see. <laughs> probably the most at Marvel this season is probably 40,000, 35,000. Yeah. yeah, so it was great to see uh, how many people got out there and support the team. They should, they've uh, they've got a really good group to start off with. They should beat all three of their group mates. And then they'll play the runner-up to, to Group D, who will probably be Denmark. And they've beaten Denmark 3-1 in the past. So there's a, a lot of hope around the Matildas at the moment, and I'm excited to see how they go. Absolutely. Mackenzie Arnold, who's a West Ham keeper for Australia, stood up in a significant moment to save a French goal, and it's so great to see someone like Alana Kennedy get in a full 70-minute run after um, a horror streak of injuries, and it's great to see um, the Aussies doing their thing, and Courtney Vine and Steph Catler, who's a massive Saints fan, uh, I know, and she's, uh, I know she's highly looking forward to this World Cup. Yeah, there are so many great players around, and it's not just Sam Kerr anymore. She's a leading scorer in Australia's history, but now yep. she's actually got some help. And Australia, they're ranked 10th by FIFA. I think that will climb and climb and climb through this World Cup. I really think they could go on a run here and, and possibly make it through and challenge US and England and Germany and Spain and those types of teams. Absolutely. Eddie, who do you reckon is going to win this World Cup? It's always hard to bet against the US. Yep. They've won four... World Cups so far. They've won the most World Cups out of any team uh, in the history of of that league. So I'm excited. I think they'll probably get it done. But they're also, you know, France uh, are pushing. They're getting better. I think Australia, though, I think they might finish top four. So it would be a a bit of an upset for them to get that far. But I think (laughs) I love the momentum they're building here. And I think uh, there's a lot of lot of promise within this team. Yeah, absolutely. So all the Australian Matildas games are sold out. I want to know, everyone out there, how late are you going to stay up to watch the games or are you going to go to any of the games with mum and dad or any of your friends? You can give us a call on 1300 736 736. Eddie, I want to talk about AFL finals and who do you think personally from your perspective is going to be in the grand final? 
So I picked Melbourne before the year, and I was feeling not too bad about the pick. They haven't really yep. been able to put it fully together this year, but I think that Brisbane game was a big step in the right direction. Yep. But then you watch Collingwood, and they're just <laughs> they're so good, uh, and poor as well. So it's it's really hard. I think I'm not going to back off my preseason pick. I'm yep. going to stick with Melbourne. I'm not okay. feeling great about it, but I'm not going to back down. I'm going to pick Melbourne. And kids go free to the footy uh, for the next week or so. Eddie, have you been to any footy over the past week? Uh, not the past week because I'm still in Adelaide, so yep. there haven't really been any games. And then the the Crows game, I can't I can't go to a Crows game. I <laughs> can't do it. So I don't want to put myself through that. So uh, I have I've been watching from home. Yeah, I've been loving what's been happening though. There there were some great games this week. We had you on last year, and it was uh, extremely inter- interesting to chat to you about Adelaide and their progress. How have you viewed them this year? Do you feel they're kind of getting on the right track? They're definitely getting better. And last year, there was a lot of turmoil around the team. They had the camp and all that stuff. So they are, they are getting better. But I also feel like they're getting older quite quickly. Like, yep. you look at Sloan. He played his 250th game. Like, that's a huge yep. effort. Uh, and Walker, who who may even be in his last year, so there's they are getting older. The, the the timeline is quickly running out. So the Crows, they they definitely should make finals this year, uh, but they're they're really struggling to at the moment. So they are getting better. I think they could be doing better than what they are though. Yes, that's right. And next, Ali's going to take us through. She's calling in from pause. She is going to take us through who's caught her eye in the AFLW in preseason camp. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. We've got Ali on the line. She is in Portsea on training camp at the moment. Good morning, Ali. How are you? Good morning, Max. I'm... How are you going? I'm great, thank you. Now, obviously, physical training yesterday for training camp. Can you take us through some of the activities that Coach Nathan Burke had put you girls through? Yeah, we came down on Friday evening, um, did a bit of a cultural session Initially, to start off with, with um, Danny, who works as part of our Indigenous program here at the footy club. Um, and then Saturday morning, we had a, a big training session. So we are down at, I think it was the Rye local footy club, and had a big session there. Did a bit of match sim, which is always a bit of fun to, to sneak that into training. And then we came back to camp and did, as all good campers did, um, or should do, a high ropes course in the Flying Fox Max. So... That was a fair bit of fun. I conquered my uh, fear of heights. Um, <laughs> I was shaking on the rope, but it was a bit of fun doing it nonetheless. And, yeah, since then it's just been a, a whole bunch of, I guess, team bonding activities and, and just stuff as a as one, which has been really nice to be part of. Ali, for all the kids out there, there's always someone who dominates the high ropes course um, as per usual on a camp. Was there anyone for you girls who just dominated the high ropes course and just smashed it out? Well, we had to split into two groups, so I couldn't necessarily see the second group. But in our group, we had Gemma LaJoya, who was incredible on the high ropes course. But I believe in the second group, there was a couple of girls that were trying to run across it without actually using the rope itself. <laughs> I think it, Sarah Hartwig was one of those girls. And I think she made it all the way across, like, it bounced back. So yeah. um, it was safe, too, by the way. She was in a harness, and a, the proper instructor was there. <laughs> Um, for safety precautions, nonetheless. But, um, yeah, I, definitely not me. I got through it. I don't, I don't want to say I thrived throughout it, but I got through it, um, which was a bit of fun. I know a lot of AFLW teams are in peak week at the moment. Has there been a uh, particularly physically challenging moment on this camp so far? 
Yeah, I think our, our training camp, our training day on on Saturday actually um, at the Oval was was a tough session itself. It was probably our biggest session we've had today. Um, so just having to to get through training at that kind of capacity um, was a, was a, a big challenge within itself, Eddie. And um, I think just then getting through top of that at, at the end of training um, was pretty was pretty hard yards, but. Um, I think everyone got through it really well, um, yeah, despite the, the conditions here. Talk us through what today looks like, I guess, for yourself, Ali. Is there anything in terms of leadership or captaincy um, that you've been entitled to or your role over this weekend? Uh, we probably did more of that yesterday and last night um, in terms of, you know, that team bonding stuff and, and having, like, check-ins together as a playing group and we probably have already covered off those couple of things on the Friday and, and Saturday and today more so we'll look like a bit of fun we'll, we'll get up and go for a walk together as a team um, and then yeah we'll, we'll do some other activities later on um, but yeah we've a couple of us have already gotten up and jumped in the beach early this morning uh, which was actually quite refreshing. Um, so yeah, nothing too over the top today, but we've probably also done the the, the leadership and and team building activities over the last couple of days. I know it's pretty difficult to get a feel for how well the team's playing during pre-season, but how are you feeling about where the Bulldogs are at at the moment? Yeah, I think it's uh, we've we've been together now for a, quite a few years, and um, you know we're continually progressing in that space as, as a team and, and continually improving. I think for us playing finals last season um, puts us in good stead moving into this year, but we've got a long way to go still to sort of be the best we can be. But I think we're in a really good position at the moment. The girls are training really well. Um, the camp's been really positive, I would say, from my end and um, from the team's point of view. I think it's been, I, I would deem it as a really successful camp so far and there's just been I, I suppose the the 21 year olds now that we have in our team I think are, are coming into their own a fair bit and you know the likes of the Jess Fitzgerald I think is going to have an outstanding season this year not to put any pressure on her too early but <laughs> um, you know you've seen those players absolutely dominate at training and um, yeah I hope that it sort of translates onto, onto game day. There's a couple of new girls coming into the group this year, Ali, how have you tracked and, I guess, viewed their progress so far this preseason? Yeah, they've all had a different experience, I would say, this preseason. Um, Maggie and Bree have, have dealt with a couple of injuries in their time, but um, Dom's, I think, been pretty injury-free when it comes to it. And, and between the three of them, they're just all great human beings and what they, I guess, put into the club and put into the team is, has been huge for us and added great value in that space. And... I think on the field that they'll add that extra layer as well when it comes to it, um, when they get their opportunity um, to play or whatever that looks like for them. So they've, they've initially sort of boosted up the ranks a little bit and, and I have no doubt when it comes to selection day for, for coaches, it's going to be a really challenging period for them. Is there anyone that's in particular caught your eye over these last few days, Ali? Oh. It's a tough question. Everyone's contributed in a in a really positive way. I don't think there's actually been one individual standout over these last few days. Um, I feel like everyone at, at their moment has really stood up and um, 
you know, shone in, in, in various, I guess, moments of the camp. Um, but for me, I do, I'm, I'm the pick a player that I think is standing out, um, probably more so from, you know, the Saturday training session. I, I would definitely have to say again, Jess Fitzgerald, I thought she was outstanding. Um, she's having a great pre-season and um, that carried on throughout this weekend. Did you kick any miracle goals, Ali, over the weekend? Oh, no miracle goals from me, Matt. So I was about five <laughs> metres out and almost missed it. Um, directly <laughs> in front, panicked for a second. So I was just glad that one went through, to be honest. But no, no miracle goals from my end. Um, I know, which is, I know yeah. you guys were talking about the dribble kick last week. Have you been practising that at all during camp after what Connor Rosie did? Yeah, definitely. I um I practice a, a variation of like sort of goals that will pr- probably never come to fruition for me in games, but <laughs> I'm going to keep practicing them every training session, and that's definitely one of them, <laughs> which is a bit of fun to do. If it goes through in game day, I'll celebrate like crazy. About fifty out off one step, Ali's not too bad last year. Do you consider that a miracle goal? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I practice those ones a little bit, so if I can get more of those types of goals, that'd be good as well, Max. Yeah. Just more goals in general. I don't really care how they come. Absolutely. How was the cold water this morning? It was fresh, but it was um, really nice, actually. It was a group of us that went and did it. Um, Bree, actually one of our new players, does it quite regularly um, at home, so to, to join her in it this morning was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, thanks so much for joining us on the show this morning, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the camp. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck for the rest of the show. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. We've got Xavier in Port Arlington on the line who wants to have a chat about his footy and the cats. Good morning, Xavier. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you're good. What do you reckon about the cats yesterday? They had a great game last night. Yeah, they played really well. What do you? What did you reckon of them? Did you go to the game? Yeah, I did. I've been wanting to talk about how I had a few interactions with some of the players before and after the game. Whoa, really? That's so cool. Can you tell me a bit about that? So before the game, me and my brothers went up to the front near the fence Yeah. while the tax players were training. Um, and Tom Hawkins ended up coming up and signing our jerseys. Oh, that's so cool. And then after the game... We had a bottle of barbecue sauce because we saw that Jezza loved barbecue sauce after he had an interview on the front bar. Yeah. So we were calling out for him um, and he ended up coming after the game. Oh, um, wow. He ended up, he signed, yeah, he came up to the fence and signed our jerseys as well. Yeah. And then there was also a little kid who we helped, um, he had a sign. And me and my brothers helped him get to the front of the fence. And it said, Jezza, can I have your boots? Yeah. And he ended up taking off his boots and giving it um, to them. Oh, that's incredible. That's so nice. Did Jezza end up taking the barbecue sauce? Yeah, he did. He... Um, and then my dad saw on the TV because he wasn't there. He yeah, it was went... on the TV. There was a couple of things on Instagram and things like that where Jezza was holding it. Yeah. Um, he ended up saying on TV, how good is this to the... Um, to the um, to the to the host. Yeah, to his mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, you play uh, for Port Arlington yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite thing about playing footy? Uh it's a team sport, so you get to see a lot of your friends and you get to play with them. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favourite position that you like to play? Um, centre half forward. How many goals have you kicked this year? Um, I've kicked 
two in the past two weeks. Wow, that's good effort. How are your teammates yeah. going? Um, they're going really well. We've just won our fourth game in the in a row yesterday. Do you guys have finals? Ah, uh, no, we're under twelve. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Editions, Davey. If you hold on the line, we've got a special fan brush to give away to you. Um, thanks to our Aussies and, and the Matildas fan brush. Show your true Aussie colours, green and gold, SEN's official broadcast partner. So if you hang on the line, we'll grab your details. We've got Ben on the line who wants to have a chat about his soccer. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Uh-huh. Are you there, Ben? Yep, I'm here. Do you go? Do you go for the Matildas in the soccer? Uh, I don't. I am unaware of who that is. Who that is? That's alright. Do you play soccer yourself? Uh, sometimes I play at school. I don't really play outside of school. Ah, beautiful. Do you have a favourite player? Uh, no, I do not. No, not really. But all of my friends like really like uh Cristiano Ronaldo. Do they? What are they like about Cristiano Ronaldo? Then he goes, Sue. Then he goes, C. <laughs> can you give us another C? Uh, can you please repeat the question? Can you give us an, another Sue, like Cristiano Ronaldo does? Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love a C. <laughs> How competitive the games get at recess and lunch? Uh, they get really competitive. Yeah. Are you the best one out time, of your friend group? One time a soccer ball was flying like so fast and it hit. My face. Oh, it really no. hurt. Oh, <laughs> no. That's no good. Did you have to go to sick bay? No, I just sat out. You sat up and just toughed it, it out? It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. It, it wasn't. wasn't that painful. Oh, beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Edition this morning. Ben, if you hang around um, after the show, we'll grab your details. We've got some uh, special uh, fan brushes to give away uh, to yourself, and you can enjoy them because it's our FIFA Women's World Cup update partner is Fanbrush. Show your true Aussie colours with Fanbrush face paint. Green and gold range at all Rebel stores. Fanbrush, broadcast sponsor of SDN's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Alicia Carnavis, former Young Matildas, up next. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. I'm having a bit of a laugh. Uh, at the moment, because my PE teacher, Mr. Waters, is on the line. Waters, it's great to hear from you up this early on a Sunday morning. Yeah, great to talk to you, mate. Um, I've been obviously a long-time listener, first-time caller, so it is a pleasure. Um, just wanted to pick your brains on a couple of things. Um, Brisbane, Friday night, I really thought they uh, yeah, put the queue in the rack a bit early. Just, just wanted to get your thoughts. I reckon we probably went a little bit narrow with our uh, kick-out in the last quarter. I reckon if we'd gone a little bit more lateral, probably could have got more numbers to the ball and gone out of, out of bounds and, and got a repeat stoppage. What are your thoughts on that? I know you're a big, big Brizzy fan, Waters. Do you reckon they went too defensive too early? Eddie and I were talking about that a bit earlier, how they went too defensive with about 10 minutes left of the game. Yeah, they obviously threw Gunston back there. Um, I can understand why they would have done that, but I think Brisbane... I don't know, quote me if I'm wrong, we might be in the top three most attacking teams in the cops, so yep. you probably back yourself in before you, you sort of go away from what you're good at, I think. But, I don't know, full credit to Melbourne, they're a good side. Max Gorn, obviously, I thought he was a bit banged up, but he showed us that he's, uh, he's not. Um, second thing, wanted to ask you, um, what are your thoughts, St Kilda at the moment? Obviously, pretty similar position they were in last year. They give Ratten the flick and they've got Ross the boss in. He's not doing that much better. What do you think? 
you're teasing me right now. Waters, uh, Ross, the, Ross, the boss was uh, it was really brutal yesterday in the press conference. I um, mean, how he uh, approached things. He said he's seen the same blokes making the same mistakes uh, over and over again. Oh, mate, I can echo that. Tough day at the office of the Belmont coach yesterday as well. So I can hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that's that's all I've got for you, mate. Good to see you doing a good job, and I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Waters. Now we've got former young Matilda and W League star Alicia Carnavis on the line. Alicia, it's an absolute, it's so great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. How are you? I'm really great, thank you. I want to know, what did you make, uh, I guess, of the Matilda's performance on Friday night? I mean, right up until uh, Mary Fowler's goal, it appeared to be at a stalemate and at a deadlock. Yeah, it was a really interesting match to watch. I mean, first and foremost, a sold-out Marvel Stadium uh, for women's football, so that's a new record, which is fantastic and a great way to, I guess, showcase the game before we lead into this Women's World Cup this week. But um, I believe France are only 48 hours in the country for the match. So we sort of, with that knowledge, expected them to sort of run out of gas. As, as you know, those long-haul flights to Australia, I think people don't realise until they make those trips, which we've all been making for a very long time in our lives, um, how much that takes out of you as well. So France came out, I thought, the sharper of the two teams in the initial phases, but uh, both teams almost feeling each other out quite a fair bit. A few loose passes, I'd say, from our girls, from the Matildas, particularly through the midfield and a little, like just little hiccups in that connection between defence and midfield um, for a fair part of the game. But you're right, once Mary Fowler's goal sort of um, hit the back of the net, that sort of steadied everything for, for the team. And I think that confidence as well that, you know, Tony uh, Gustafsson's been talking about it. We can now beat the you know, top five nations essentially in the world, gives the team a huge amount of confidence going into the first match against Ireland on Thursday. You talked about the great crowd the Matildas got. Is there any added pressure on the team considering they're playing at home? Look, I think so. I think it's we'd be foolish to kind of say there's no pressure or the pressure isn't a factor in the preparation. I think you can feel the energy around the football circles in the country with this Women's World Cup. And I think um, full stadiums for the next three matches for the Matildas, which Ellie Carpenter highlighted not everyone's played in front of those big crowds, right, in the team. So, of course, there's nerves, but coupled with the nerves, probably that excitement as well uh, to put on a good show and, and to score early and get those wins on the board, particularly through the group stage. I know Sam Kerr spoke about pressure being a privilege. Um, look, I agree, but equally, everyone's human, right? And some of the best players in the world in any sport, uh, pressure is always a factor. It's a star-studded Matilda's lineup coming into this World Cup. Is there anyone who's caught your eye in terms of preparation for this World Cup or anyone who you think, I guess, could be a bit of a surprise factor? Yeah, look, I know collectively and internationally now, Sam Kerr is the word, basically, for our girls. But I spoke about a month ago and leading into um, the tail end of the, the domestic seasons. Caitlin Ford, for me, is the difference. For yep. our team, she is the the make or break. We talk about Sammy, but without Caitlin Ford, there's a real uh, gap between midfield and attack. She is everything that we need to supply Sam, and also to put pressure in, on in the final third in different areas. Um, Kyra Cooney Cross, Melbourne Queensland original, but Melbourne Victory player. Um, for me, she is one of our rising stars, and she's just gone from strength to strength in this midfield uh, role that she's had under Tony. 
And I think she's going to really shine as one of the young stars in this World Cup. If she's given the opportunities and she, she finds her feet early, I think she can play really well. Australia have one of the best offences in this World Cup, and it's led by the one, the only Sam Kerr. Is she the best player in this World Cup? It's a really big call, isn't it? I think, uh, for me, Sam is one of the best players in this World Cup. She's an, <laughs> an immense finisher. <laughs> Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Um, there <laughs> she is, look, she's an immense finisher. I played with her at Perth Glory, and she's always had that eye for goal from young, from a youngster, 16-year-old back in the day. And um, um, definitely, I think she's one of the best players um, Nigeria, Ashwala, who's playing up front for Nigeria. Equally formidable forward uh, for Barcelona as well. Very, very accustomed to these big matches. And I would say is on par with Sam's level of finish quality as well. So just one example there that I think we're not uh, too familiar with the African teams, but they yep. also pose similar threats. Absolutely. Alicia, thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Edition today. It's been great to have you on. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. It's been a massive show here on the Kids Edition. Max Becker and Eddie Corns joining you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Enjoy the rest of the day's play of AFL on footy on AFL Nation.